Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anton, thank you so much for joining us on the Born Offside show. We've spoken to your brother before, so it feels like this is the Ferdinand brother show at this point. It's amazing. So thank you so much. Um, it's, nope. it's obviously an honour to talk to you. Given your connection to West Ham, you're in fact wearing a West Ham jersey right now, which I love. Um, but yep. they've just come off the back of that incredible Europa Conference League win, that winner from Bowen, what a game. Can you talk us through what it felt like seeing them win that final, but also what were the celebrations like? Um, well, I, sadly, I couldn't be at the game because I, my um, Ferdinand football group, uh, which is a, um, a football centre for young kids, they had a presentation night, um, so I had to be there. Uh, but I watched it at the venue Players' Lounge where we was and, and the atmosphere, atmosphere in there was unbelievable. But for me personally, um, I sit here lucky um, that I was able to witness my club, my team win a major trophy um, and to do that with my son, watch, watch it with my son, mm. you know, and watch the way he celebrated. When Jared scored, he, his top was off, he was swinging it around, he was absolutely buzzing. Um, I wasn't. I didn't go quite as mad uh, for obvious reasons. I couldn't do that. I couldn't take my top off and start running around. But just the emotion to see West Ham, you know, and my my love for the club runs very very deep. Um, I went from a fan watching Rio play there uh, to a player, you know, and it, which is indescribable. And I'm a fan now that I'm retired. Um, and. There's a lot of people who never got to see West Ham win a trophy, but I can say that I'm one of them. And to do that with my son, the words just can't describe how that feels. Are the teams still celebrating? What's the like? What's the conversation like at the moment amongst players? As you can see, I'm still wearing my. I'm still wearing my. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't come off of me for a lot since last Wednesday. So want to get your thoughts on that viral uh, West Ham fan, the little like ten year old. Um... Who is actually, I think he got a, a little BT deal or something. He made a cameo in a in an advert, man. What, you, what are your thoughts on him? Have you met him? Anything like that? No, I've not met him yet. I'm sure I will at some point. You know, train station is very far that way. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, legends. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it just shows like the, the West Ham fan base, you know, um, it embraces all. Um, and when you speak about the club, the way that that young boy spoke about the club or the way... Um, ex-players and players that play for the club speak about the football club, but even people that work there, the way they speak about the club, it lets you know that Claret and Boo runs through, runs through your veins. It ain't just a, a facade because it's not just here. Everybody who's associated to the football club, fans, players, staff, no matter, no matter what age, no matter what um, race you are, 
You know, it, it, it doesn't matter what, no matter what gender, it runs through your brain, it runs through your veins, and, and people absolutely take the club anywhere they go. Yeah, that's so special. I was very lucky actually to get to a West Ham game at London London Stadium last year, and it was the vibe was just incredible. I absolutely loved it. It was an amazing experience. But we have to ask you about that FA Cup final that you played. Uh, back in 06 because you have been able to play a final with West Ham and so if anyone knows what that feeling would have been like for the current squad heading into that final it's you Um, do you think that there's this massive weight off the shoulders of the club now that they have won such a big trophy after such a long time since since 1980 it's it's a long time so it must feel amazing yeah it it does feel amazing obviously um I'm not going to sit here and lie. I wish I was one of them players who, who was able to lift a trophy for, for West Ham United, especially being a fan. Um, and obviously missing the last penalty that ended up losing us wasn't nice. Um, it still haunts me now, if I'm being honest. Um, but the pressure going into that game, um, it was good pressure. You know, the, the fans... The fans don't say, "Oh, we have to win this." They're buzzing that they're in a they're in a um, yeah, yeah. in a final. Mm. That's what it felt like. It didn't feel. I felt more pressure the year before in the playoff final than I did in the FA Cup final. You know, because when it was the, the playoff final to get back into the Premier League, the fans were like, "No, we have to win this. Mm. Like, you have to win it." And I also knew that if we didn't win it, the club could have been in financial trouble at that point in time. So the pressure for that game was much, much um, greater than the FA Cup final, the final year. You know, the fans were happy to be there. We weren't going there to to make up the numbers. And that's how we played the game. We played the game on the front foot. We we we, we got in the lead, you know, and, and everyone had written us off before the game had even started. Um, but we, we gave a good account of ourselves. And if it wasn't for that man, Steven Gerrard, I'll be sitting here with an FA Cup final medal. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's iconic. Really, himself. I wanna, I wanna ask you about um, that situation where you, you, you step up to take a penalty, and you know, you put yourself. You gotta have, you know, big balls anyway to, to, to put yourself in that situation. Um, from a mental perspective, how did you overcome it? And, and, and talk us through those. You know, when you're going up there, and it is a huge deal. Like you have to score this. You know, I just wanna know how you dealt with it before and then after. I think what people don't understand when you're guys just think for 120 minutes I've played in an environment that is noisy. Mm-hmm. So there was 90,000 people, 85, 90,000 people there, yeah. and that noise is directed to the pitch. So it's noisy for 120 minutes. You hear noise, and then when you're going up for a penalty, it's silent. Don't hear anything. You know, and and that's what I remember it as. It might not have been like silent as I was walking up, but when I put the ball down on, on the actual penalty spot, it was utter silence. And I was like, what the like, what the hell? Like, I wasn't ready for that. I'll be honest, I wasn't ready. I, I'd never taken a professional penalty uh, before that, but I weren't ready for that. And when I put the ball down, all I heard was, remember uh, the Nokia? Yeah. Um, the Nokia ringtone. The ringtone. No way. Uh, I swear I heard that and I was like, and I almost like forgot where I was going and then had to refocus um, but yeah I wasn't actually meant to take a penalty there was players who were up before me in training that were, were, were taking penalties and scoring in in, pen, in in training but 
when you get into a, a pressure environment like that, people sometimes go, oh, I don't want to take one. And we had we had five penalty takers. Um, one of them went on the pitch, which is uh, which was Marlon Harewood, um, but someone else is stepping for him. But out of the other five, out of the five that I've gone for, one of them said, I don't want to take one. I won't mention his name, <laughs> but he said, I won't take one. So Alan Pardew was looking around like, we need a fifth one. Who's going to take the fifth one? And I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm a West Ham fan. Um, I love this football club. And I, I owe it to the fans to be the one to say, OK, I'll take the pressure. I'll take it and I'll put my hand up and take the, the penny, which is what I've done. You know, it wasn't a fairy tale ending. Um, but as you said, I put myself forward. I showed... Um, that I had a, a, a pair and I stepped up. It wasn't meant to be, um, but I've since then seen my team want to uh, win a European Championship, so I'm happy. But to go on to the second part of your question, um, it's taken me a long while, if I'm honest, to to get over that. Um, I'm hoping this winning this now will allow me to rest a bit more. Um, as I said, I, I still wake up at times and I have woken up at times thinking about the penalty. Um, but that's life, I guess. That's that's the way my life was written. It was meant to be that. And now I'm I'm, I'm standing here and sitting here and talking to you guys as a West Ham fan and an ambassador um, with a smile on my face because my team's won a, a European Championship. It's amazing because we asked you if, if you think there's a weight off the shoulders of the team now that you guys have won a trophy of that caliber. But it, it, to be honest, it sounds like there's a weight off your shoulders personally as well, which I think goes to show how much that win means to, to the fan as well, because no doubt it added that level of pressure to you, the fact that you are a fan first and foremost, because the pressure's there as a player. But when you're so invested in the win, as a fan, it must mean so much. And you mentioned that kind of relegation battle that you had when you played with um, West Ham. And you were obviously part of that great escape story of West Ham. The relegation story is something that comes up a lot in our podcast. People find it really interesting because it is something that we don't have here in the Australian system. We don't have that promotion relegation at this stage. What are the feelings like? when you head into a relegation battle of that nature and you know that the result of that game determines so much for that following season. Can you just talk us through what that means? Yeah, it's, it's when you talk about pressure, uh, that's pressure because if you're a player who speaks to everyone around the football club, the cleaners, the kit men and women, the, the chefs, you know, the people that ain't on bonuses, if you, if you go up or sorry or go down, you know, um, or if, but they if their money does deduct if they go down because obviously the the, the football clubs in different financial space. If you move out of the Premier League, when you speak to the people around the club, who it really does affect massively, um, you get a, a different perspective on it. Um, and I was one of them guys. Um, when you're brought up in the West Ham family, you treat everyone as your own. If you work for the football club, you're treated as a family member and you speak to everybody. And I'm sure every graduate from the West from the West Ham Academy would be alike. Mm. Um, so that pressure 
to make sure that not just the people that you work with day in, day out um, at the training ground and, and, and who work for the football club, not just them, but the fans, you know, they make it known, they make it very, very clear that if you're not playing well, um, they make it known that they don't want to be in the, in the Championship, they want to stay in the Premier League, which is everybody's dream is to stay in the Premier League and be in the Premier League and that we are a Premier League football club. You know that the minute you sign for the football club, you come in or the minute you go into the first team as a young player. Um, and uh, the pressure that you have in that scenario, like going to, to Manchester United on the last day of the season, you know, it's going to get bigger than that in that time. They had the big guns there at that time. You know, so going there on the last day of the season, having to win to stay up was was daunting. Um, it was, uh, but it was enjoyable. You know, it, this is what athletes like myself, when, when we played, this is what you worked hard for as a kid, is to be in big games, you know, and it don't get any bigger than that, especially when you're fighting for your life. You know, you have to dig in. There's going to be times in the game where you're not doing well, you're, when you're under pressure, you know, and, and you've got to stand up and be counted and it isn't a game for the week. For sure. Um, let's uh, move on to the, the current players. Um, one of my favourite players, Declan Rice. Um, he's been a great leader off the pitch. There's rumours are, you know, he could possibly join Arsenal. Um, any chance you guys keep him and do you think he's going to go down as a considered a legend of, of, of the club? I think I'll start with the first, with the last bit first. I think in terms of Declan, he's only one, he's one of three. You know, he's, he's in the company of the great late Bobby Moore um, and Billy Bonds. They're, two, they're the other two captains who have lifted trophies for our football club. And he'll be spoken about in that ilk. He'll be spoken about in that, that company because he's led the team to a to a um, to to a cup to, to winning a cup, so we've spoken about with them, which is which tells you he's a legend in the football club. What he's done for the football club since he came into the first team has been phenomenal. Um, bearing in mind he was a centre back, you know, and he, he transformed into a centre midfielder and and one of the best in the world, in my opinion, at what he does. Um, would we as a football club want to keep him? Would the fans want to keep him? Of course we do, you know, but it don't always work out like that. He's been very, very respectful and you have to admire the way that he's gone about it when speaking about it. Um, been very, very much mature in his answers, you know, um, and I'll say the same thing as, as what he said. He's got two years left on his West Ham contract, he's a West Ham player. Until he's told otherwise, that's what he will be. Yeah, you can't argue with that. And he's definitely a player that is so respected here in Australia as well. Um, but I think the journey of West Ham in general is one that a lot of us Aussies have been watching. Um, and it's just amazing to see the likes of Declan Rice leading them to, to that win. Um, and speaking of Australia, West Ham are headed to Perth in July. So you guys will be gracing us down in Australia. Is that something that you will be joining the team on? Have you ever been to Australia? Uh, Rio told us that he personally loved Australia and that he would be willing to pack up and live here at some point. Yeah, um, so we, we'll keep our fingers crossed that he might actually do that. But um, 
tell us, have you been to Australia? And if you have, what did you like about it? If not, uh, what are you looking forward to? No, I haven't been to Australia, unfortunately. Um, I'm hoping that I might maybe on the tour um, with the team. Um, that's down to the club. Um, but yeah, I'd love to come to Australia. Uh, that's one of my my bucket list is to get over to Australia at some point in my in my lifetime. Um, and just embrace the culture out there. I've heard it's very multicultural um, and very chilled, which 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 is, which is what I like. Um, but I'm hoping that one, at some point I do get over there to to meet the West Ham fans who who live in in Australia. I know that our games are on the the 15th of July and the 18th of July playing Perth Glory and um, and Tottenham Hotspur. I think both games will be fantastic. I think when you're speaking about West Ham and saying that Declan Rice is 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 uh, well sought after and well respected in in um, Australia. There's not just him, you know. There, there's there's Jared Bowen who scored the winner. Who who's going to go down as a legend at the football club as well, you know? Um, Kurt Zuma is another big player who who played well uh, who's played well this this season. You know, these are players that I'm sure the, the Australian West Ham fans would love to see. Mikko Antonio, another one who's a fantastic mm-hmm. player. You know, I think the the Australian fans having some of the English fans over with them, I think will will heighten their heighten their their love for the football club. You know, and and I look forward to hearing. If I'm not there, I look forward to hearing what the, the Aussie Western fans think once they've sat with the English fans to see how the English fans really take to their football team and embrace their football team. I'm looking forward to seeing. If, if they think there's a difference and how much they loved it and embraced it. Yeah, amazing. And um, before, we, before we let you go, we've obviously had some questions from um, our listeners sent in. They wanted to know who was the more competitive player growing up, you or Rio, I'm sure you get that all the time. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we were both competitive. He's seven years older than me, so like, there was a, a massive age difference. Um, you know, but we were both competitive. I think as a, when I was when I was really young, he used to put me in in the in the front room of our flat um, and just smashed the ball at me until until my mum or dad came in and said that was enough. I was crying. Uh, but as I got older, he really started mentoring me as when I was uh, in terms of how to play the game and how to win and lose. He never allowed me to win. If I was playing one v one with one of my mates who was my who was my age, mm. he would always go and goal. He'd let me. It, I, I would score two or three off the bat, and then he would save every every shot after. He'd save it and let my friend score and go ahead of me to the point where I'm like crying my eyes out, saying, "Why are you letting him win for?" You know, and um, he'd be saying to me, "Anton, shut up. What are you going to do? Are you, you going to?" You're gonna fold, or you're gonna keep working hard. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Now, as I got older, I understood why he was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was he was breeding resilience in me. You know, and, and and that will to never lose in me. You know, and, and as much as competitive, we were competitive with each other. There was also lessons to be learned from my older sibling, which I'm I'm forever grateful for. Yeah. 
I was going to say it's it's clear that he played that older brother role for you, but a kind of footballing mentor as well, because sometimes, you know, it is those tough lessons that at the time put you at the point of tears, but then you look back and reflect and, and think how much those skills he taught you actually benefited your football career. Do you feel like he did play a really big role in getting you to, to the level that you got to in your footballing career? Um, yes and no. I think for me, um, people won't understand my journey because they've not had a they've, they've not had a brother who's the best in your sport in your position. Yeah. Yeah. position. So having having a, a brother, having a sibling who was the best centre back in the world for, for for in my opinion for for a few years or many years I should say, and we play the same position and always being compared to him. I was compared to him. From the age of nine years old, and I'd hear people say, "You'll never be as good as him. You're rubbish." From the age of nine, um, but the grounding that I had from my parents and from him, as I was just talking about, allowed me to to brush that off and and not and take it with a pinch of salt. Um, so in that sense, it helped me. And obviously, when I became a footballer, a professional footballer um, in the first team of West Ham, being able to ring him and ask for his guidance and and whoever I was playing against asked him what it was like and, and how does he think I should go up against this player was obviously invaluable um, information. And I had that at the end of the phone with, with Rio being the best. But the hindrance that I had on me was I only ever got one chance. You know, yeah. um, I knew I was going to get an opportunity because of my name. You know, and I knew people wanted to see another Ferdinand because of how good he was. But I also understood and knew straight away that I had got one chance at it and I had to be ready. So as a youngster, I worked hard on everybody because I need I needed to be ready when that opportunity came. You know, and if I did go on the, on the pitch and I was rubbish in the first five minutes, people were straight away, he'd never be as good as he's rubbish. He's not a Ferdinand. So I carried that first year everywhere I went. Um so to have Rio as my brother was a hindrance at times, but it was a blessing at times. And more for my mum and my dad and my family um, to have two sons or two brothers that have played at the heights of the English Premier League. You know, um, as a family, we're lucky, but we deserve it because that was from the ground and the hard work that we all put in. Yeah, I mean, that's such a... <laughs> I don't think people realise how, you know, maybe people outside of England don't realise... You know how hard that is to have two be two people playing the Premier League from the same family, let alone like one. You know that is you know that's an achievement in itself. So it would have been it would have been hard, but you would have had goods and bads. You know, so it's it's interesting to hear that perspective because I feel like not a lot of people have heard that perspective because people just go, oh, like he's just real. You know, he's Rio's brother, or he should he should be as good as Rio, but Rio is literally one of the best in the world, as you say. To have what, what are you trying? What are you trying to say? I was rubbish. I'm saying, I'm saying, Rio is Rio is Rio. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just watching Ola and trying to dig himself out of that hole. Digging my, digging my grave just a little bit. A little, to be fair, real, um, real looked at my highlights, Antoine. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, and he said, uh, he said I was, uh, he said I was, I was all right. He said I was pretty decent. Okay, well, okay. Well, how come you didn't make it? Let's, exactly, exactly. You... We're not going to go there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so I think you, you're slightly more qualified to speak on that stuff than 
<laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Porn Offside show. Hopefully you get to Australia next month or at some point. And when you do, please come and join us on the couch at the show so we can yeah. have a longer chat and get to know you a bit better. But it's been awesome to speak to you. Congratulations on the success of West Ham. And I hope the celebrations continue and it's just the start of many more trophies to come for you guys. Thank you very much. And if I do come, I'll definitely come and sit down on the sofa. Sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anton. Appreciate Thank you. it, bro.